sing with me. See him now, King of heaven, Son of God, throne above, heavy cross upon his shoulders, carried for us, carried
Amen. Welcome to church today. Stay standing. I'm just going to say a quick prayer and then we're going to keep going. God, we love you. This time is yours. We know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ever think or imagine. And so we pray that your spirit will fill this place even now. That you'll be glorified in all things. We love you, God. Amen. about our God that's more than able. God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we see. Greater than
stories of what they think you're like, but I heard the tender whispers of love, love in the dead of night, and they tell me that you're pleasing that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, who you are, who you are, and I'm loved by you. Who I am, who I am, who I am. And I've seen many searching for answers, far and wide. But I know that we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, God, you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. Who you are, who you are, who you are, and I'm loved by. Who I am, who I am, who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. Yeah. 
As we come to prayer time, I'll let you take a posture of prayer, whether you want to sit, stand. In our church, we have these things called altars. And there's nothing magical about them, but it's a great place to come and kneel before God and talk. It's been a crazy week, hasn't it? And yet we know that the same God that is with us here is with the people in the Ukraine. Same God that's with the people in the Ukraine is the same God that's with the people in Russia. Because our God is for everyone, right? And so we're going to, oh, don't stop playing because we were going to go back into that. So um, I think it's easy to forget in times like this that our father is a good father, right? We let fear creep in and we forget that God is in control. And so why don't we just take one more time as we prepare to, to talk to God and remind ourselves one more time just how good he is. Sing with me. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Who you are. Who you are. I'm loved by you. Who I am. It's who we are. Who I am. Sing it again. You're a good, good father. Who you are is who you are. And I'm loved by you. We thank you, God. You indeed are good. You've told us there will be wars and rumors of wars, but we are to take heart. And so our hope and our joy is found in you today. I pray that you'll be with our friends around the world who are in the middle of this conflict. God, I have friends who are missionaries in both countries. And it's reminded me all week that you are for everyone. And so I pray that you will help us to focus our time and our attention for just the next few minutes on you, on your greatness, on your goodness to humanity. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the way that you're growing us, you're shaping us. And God, we're not perfect. In fact, if we were to be honest, most of us would say we are extremely flawed and broken. And yet, we worship you, Jesus. The one who can heal all hurts the one who can break every chain, the one who can take us from where we are to where you want us to be, the one who can transform our lives and make us more and more into your image, Jesus. God, I thank you that you are the Heavenly Father that sends your Holy Spirit. So even though we 
read about your son Jesus, he promised that that your spirit would be with us now and that even greater things would happen if we would just tap into the greatness that you are. And so, God, that's what we're doing right now, today, this week, this month. Jesus, we just want all of you. Holy Spirit, we want you to move in our hearts. We want you to move in our conversations. We want you to move in our relationships. God, we want you to do what only you can do, and that's heal broken things. It's raise up beauty out of ashes. It's restore what has been broken and reclaim what has been stolen. God, only you can do that. And so we put our trust and our hope and our faith in you, and that brings joy. Joy that the world can't understand because it doesn't mean that we're always happy, but it means that we have a joy that passes understanding because our hope is grounded. It's anchored in something stronger than our circumstances and something stronger than our power. It's anchored in you, our great and mighty God. And so we celebrate you today. We come today, as we do on every Sunday, to celebrate the resurrection. You are alive. We don't serve a dead Jew. We serve a risen Savior. And he's in the world today. And I know that you are living no matter what anyone may say. God, prove yourself to be alive in our hearts today. We pray this in your mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to church. My name's Garen, and um, I think I've met many of you, but if I haven't met you all, or if you're visiting with us online, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is our joy to worship with you and serve alongside you. I get to tell you about a couple of events coming up. The first one, uh, most of these are happening really fast. The first one is today. If you are a member of Port Orange Church of the Nazarene, we have church board elections today. And so I encourage you when service is over, Miss Patsy will be in the back in the lobby and there will be a place that you can grab your ballot. And um, we have two wonderful people that we're hoping will be on the board next year and you can read their information when you get it. The second thing is coming up this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Thank you, Justin. He's my vanna. Thanks. Good job. Is there an E? Ding, ding. Ash Wednesday is coming up this Wednesday, and this is where we recalibrate our hearts in the spring and refocus on the cross, the price that was paid, always looking forward to the resurrection and Easter Sunday. And so I hope that you'll join us. We are, i got to be honest, we are still debating whether or not we will do like a 30-minute service or whether we'll do stations like we used to do. But I encourage you, whatever it is, it's going to start at 7, and I encourage you to join us. Um, If you're online and not here with us now, but you're in Port Orange or in the neighboring cities, join us Wednesday at 7. And Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the season of Lent, and so we will be going through a study called These 40 Days. And so if you um, don't have a book, you're welcome to grab one. They are in a gray bucket on the table in our Connection Center, and you can grab one. And we'd love to have you follow with us. It'll start on Wednesday, and it's a daily devotional that will help us 
all be thinking the same way and heading in the same direction for these next 40 days. And so those are the three announcements I have. And then I think I'm going to give it up to Justin. Actually, I'm going to do one more thing. I always forget to do this in the morning. In case you're visiting with us, this is the Christ candle that we had at Advent. And we light it to remind ourselves of two things. One, that Jesus is the light of the world. And that in in the same way that physically this light is with us today, we believe that in some way the Holy Spirit is with us even now in this place. And so we welcome him. So, thanks. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome, 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 guys. My name is Justin. If you guys don't know, I'm the youth director here at Port Orange Church of Nazarene. And uh, if you look around you, you'll you'll understand a little bit more of why we go into the time that we're about to go into. And we call it here at Port Orange Church, passing the peace. And in a nutshell, this is what it means. We don't only want to be at peace with God, right? That's like a no-brainer. We know this, right? We want to be at peace with God. We want to be at one with God. But we also look around you. We want to be at peace with one another. And, you know, as I come to this time, you know, we're, we're, as we come to this time where we pass the peace... I think of how fortunate we are to be able to have the peace that some might not have these days. You know, I remember um, it was, you know, right after this last week's events took place. My wife's mom, she just she recently moved in with us and she came from Cuba. And so she had gotten a message from my mom saying, oh, no, you know, the, the war has started. And, you know, and she was thinking that bombs were flying over us. And she's. And she, she's up all morning long and she's outside crying on the phone with everybody. And she comes inside and we're like, what's going on? What's going on? And she's like, look at, look at, look at it. And, and I said, no, no, that, that doesn't happen over here. That happens at other places. And so I just, you know, I, I could take it back for a moment and I could see where her peace was just kind of like stripped from her thinking that like we were about to be in a war zone or that we are, we were in one. And then just in the end, it's like, Hey, look, we're fortunate enough that it's, that it's not the case, but just as we come to this time where we pass the peace with one another, you know, this is a gift that is only given by God. And in the hardest times, he's able to provide that peace. And so not only for the people that are here today, but even for all those out there and around the world, we say, may the peace of the Lord be with you. If you will take some time to pass that peace with one another this morning.
What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? You guys don't know I'm, I'm like the biggest jokester, so now we get to continue to worship with tithes and offerings, and and like I feel like like the the song that should play when I'm coming to it is like the money, 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 money. You know, but anyways, I know it might not be appropriate, <laughs> but uh, but guys, this is the time that we get to give back to God and His ministry and His purpose. Uh, Garen, you missed it. Did you miss it? Oh, you did. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I, I always, when I say stuff like that, I always like anticipate some faces be like, ah, and then I could always look at the gears and be like, oh my. <laughs> so anyways, guys, uh, you know, this is a moment that, uh, that, that we, I mention it every single time because it's the truth, that we get to give back to God in his ministry and we get to get, we, we get to give back to him. And so, um, you know, one thing that I would mention is, you know, the Lord, he loves a cheerful giver. And I'll tell you what, we should be cheerfully given. Um, you know, the Bible says, uh, and not only of money, but of time, efforts, energy. You know, a lot of times, you know, I come from like a, from a church in Michigan that we met like six days out of the week. And some people would say like, oh man, but you got things to do and stuff like that. And it was like, well, I'm giving up a little bit of my time each day to him. It's not as much as you think, you know. Uh, I got 24 hours in a day. You know, if I can give two hours a day, it's not that, that much, right? So, you know, just as I want to encourage you as we come to this time to give, there's so many different ways that you can give throughout the week, throughout your time. There's so many different ways you could also give to God. But here's one of the opportunities that we have. And so you'll see in just a moment here on the screen a couple different ways that uh, you're able to give. We got some, you can give online. We got some drop boxes uh, in, the, in the foyer on your way out that you could also give. Let's pray for God's blessing. Lord, thank you so much. Um, for this opportunity that we have. And Father, I pray that we would be a people, that we would be a church, Lord, that gives to you. Um, I, I can remember walking through the halls of this church and every now and then I'll see a couple people there and I'll say, what are you doing here still? And they say, we're on JT, Jesus time instead of overtime. And Lord, I pray this week that we would find ourselves being on JT, Jesus time. Uh, bless this time that we have here in Jesus name. Amen. tools and Kimmy is helping me out. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, how are y'all doing? Good. We are finishing up a series called Me to We. And we are talking about our core values. It's always great to remind people of what we are focused on as a church. And also, if you're visiting or new with us, it's a good idea to catch you up and let you know what, what we stand for. Um, uh, we believe that there are churches all around Port Orange that are following Jesus and serving God, but they each have a specific calling that God has focused on. They, they have, each have certain values that they want to emphasize, and we have them as well. And so for the past few weeks, we've talked about how we, we gather and we scatter. We believe 
that there is something that happens when we come together that doesn't happen when we avoid each other. There's something that happens when we come together, how God's Spirit infuses us and then sends us out throughout the week, almost like breathing in, breathing out. We come in, we gather, we're filled with the Spirit, and then we leave to be Jesus in the world around us. We believe that we change and we don't stay the same. We believe in this transformation that Paul talks about. We believe that God can take our brokenness and transform it and change it into something else. We aren't, we aren't people that are stuck the rest of our lives just surviving until Jesus comes back. We believe that we can be changed and that we don't stay the same. We believe that we're better together. No man is an island. We believe that we need each other. I'm stronger when I'm with you and you're stronger when you're with me. We believe when Scripture says that a cord of three strands isn't easily... We understand that that means that when we are together, we are stronger. When we are gathering together, we, I am less tempted at my temptations when I am with you. When I am with you, I am stronger in my faith because I see and hear what God's doing in your life. And I say, if it can happen in your life, it can definitely happen in my life. Or when it's happening in my life, I may be that lifeline that you need. So we believe that we're better together. And we have two more core values that I'm going to crunch in to today. We believe we practice extravagant generosity. And we believe that that leads to giving our lives away. And I think that that can be seen very well in the scripture that we've been in for the past three weeks, Luke chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. If not, I'll be guiding you on the TV. And so please... Um, I'm going to stand in honor of the gospel reading. I invite you to join with me, if you're able, to stand as we read the gospel lesson. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. And so stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, the owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. And his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus, these are your words. This is your story. 
I pray that you will help us to unpack just a portion of all that you have to say to us today. God, I pray that your spirit will be moving right now and that your spirit will be speaking to each person here saying exactly what you want them to hear. Not necessarily what I'm saying, but what your spirit is speaking to them. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, have a seat. So most of you knew, most of you know that I grew up in Nashville and um, expected a few more yahoos because Nashville is awesome, but that's okay. Let's try it again. So most of you know, I grew up in Nashville. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you. I, I hear that. You're from Nashville? No, I'm kidding. So I actually grew up um, in a pretty busy part of Nashville. It's in a little sleeper area called Donaldson, but it's where a few things are that you might know about. Have you ever heard of the Grand Old Opry? Yeah. Yeah, the Grand Old Opry is about a mile and a half, two miles from where I, I grew up. And uh, they had this amusement park. Did anyone ever go to Opryland, USA? Probably not, but... Um, it was an amusement park and shows, and it was um, kind of like a, a really, really small Disney World w- with boots, and so because <laughs> it's Nashville. So, and when I say really small, I mean really, 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 really teeny small. Um, they also have um, so you have Grand Old Opry, you had Opryland, and then right next to it was this big hotel called the Gaylord. Opryland Hotel. Now, we have a Gaylord Hotel in Orlando, don't we? There are a few around the U.S., but ours was the first. This is uh, Emma and Henley, and when we were there last fall, this is one of the three atriums um, that you can have suites all around, and it's just massive. I mean, it is so, so huge. But here's the thing. You had the hotel and it was making money year-round. You had the Grand Old Opry and they were doing shows every week, making money year-round. But what do you do with an amusement park when the weather is only good for seven months and you have five months of idle time where the park's not making any money? And so what Gaylord decided was, we're going to make a switch. We're going to create something that will, cre- that will have revenue all 12 months. And so they created... Opry Mills. They completely demolished Opryland Theme Park and they built a mall. And this isn't just a mall. This isn't like the mall up in Volusia County. This mall is huge. It had over 200 stores and it has 1.15 million square feet. If you were just to walk it, it would, it would be a mile and a quarter just to walk around the inside of it. I mean, this thing is huge. And, well, we all know if Gaylord's going to do anything, it's going to be big. And so he wanted it to be huge. But here's the problem. When you have a theme park, you build things into the landscape. But when you are going to build a mall, a single building that's going to span almost a half a mile long, you've got to have level ground, right? You can't let the ebb and flow of the landscape determine where a ride goes or where a path goes or something like that. You've got to have level ground. And so that was a problem. And so what they did was they bought some land on a place, on a place called Bright, uh, Pennington Bend, which is where I grew up. Pennington Bend. And they bought this land. And what they did was 
they hired hundreds of dump trucks. And these trucks would go and they would excavate the ground on Pennington Bend and they'd load them up and then they would drive them a mile down the road to where Opryland used to be and they would dump the dirt. So every morning from sunrise all the way till sundown, this is the kind of stuff that I heard. You could hear it half a mile down the road because there were so many trucks and that was bad. But you know what was worse? When they were getting ready to dump the dirt out and you would hear that annoying sound. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The beep, beep, beep. And so here we have dozens of dump trucks happening. Trucks being loaded. And then you hear in the distance, half a mile, mile down the road at Opryland Park. Beep. Beep, beep, and they're dumping the dirt, just shuffling it so that they can have flat land, so they can build Opry Mills. Now, I've got to be honest with you. It was a constant reminder that something was happening, even though I couldn't see what it was. But you just always heard it in the background i got to be honest about something else. Over time, I stopped noticing it. Have you ever had that kind of like selective hearing where it's like, well, I'll give you another example. When we moved here, we bought some, a house off South Williamson, which is directly in one of the paths for the fly-in. And so for the first couple months that we were there, every morning, about 12 times a morning, we thought that... Um, an airplane was coming through our living room. I mean, it was this, and you know, it's, most of them were small, and then every now and then you'd get this like Lear jet that was coming in, and it would just shake everything, and it was horrible. But over time, I stopped hearing it. Didn't really notice. I still notice them, I guess, on Saturdays because they happen more, but I didn't notice them as much. I selectively tuned it out or forgot, or, or something like that. We're good at tuning stuff out, aren't we? We're good at forgetting things that we should know. We've heard it before, but over time it just becomes white noise. And it can be good things. It can be great things that are happening, and over time we forget how great they are, and we just start to take it for granted. Or it can be bad things. And over time, we forget what the cause was. We just start to feel hopeless in general. We just forget, don't we? So I want to read you another passage today. I want to read you a passage from Psalm 36. And it's one that you've probably heard before. But I'm wondering if it's kind of like that beeping sound that you just kind of, it fades into the background every now and then. So we're going to read Psalm 36, and this is what it says. Oh, I forgot to show you the trucks. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like 
it's like the mighty mountains, and your justice is, is like the ocean depths. I kind of wonder when Paul talks about how high, how wide, how deep is God's love, I wonder if he was thinking about Psalm 36 when he was writing that. You care for people and animals alike, O oh Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O oh God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delight. For you're the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Today, the message is simple. You are loved. I want you to hear that again because I think a lot of times we pass around the I love you so much that we miss just how loved we are by God. So let me say it again. You are loved. Things will try to distract you. Good things and bad. It'll be easy to forget, almost like that beeping sound in the background. You are loved. And it's not just a flippant love. It's an extravagant love. It's an overflowing love. It's an unfailing love, as vast as the heavens, reaching higher than the clouds. It's deep as the ocean. It's unfailing love. 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 You can't do anything more to earn more of God's love. It can't happen. You just can't do it. It's not like, well, if I read a little more, or I pray a little more, or I say a little more, or I witness a little more, or I do something more, or I help out more, or I give a little more. You can't. God's love is God's love, and it's for you. You are loved. It is an overwhelming love. You can't do anything more to earn God's love. And you can never be anything less than completely loved by God. Jesus loves you. Hurts, habits, hang-ups, the struggles that you have, the triumphs that you had, none of that matters. You can't be loved anymore because First John tells us that God is love and God can't be partially who God is. God is love and you are the object of God's love. I think we forget. It's like that beeping noise in the back that just we tune out over time. But you need to understand you are deeply, severely, relentlessly, recklessly, overwhelmingly loved. It's not based on anything that you do. It's not based on anything that you are. It's based on who God is. And God is love. And if we'll grasp that, that's where healing can start. When we stop thinking of God as this God that has this 
miserly approach, and I will give out love if you deserve it. Or I'm going to give you a little love, but I'm not going to give you too much because I need to give other people love. If we'll get past that and we'll start thinking of God as total love and he wants to give all of his love to you and it's not a limited supply, there's more than enough to go around for everyone if we will start to understand that we're not getting partial love, we're getting complete love, it will change us. But we've got to not let it become background noise. We've got to not let it become something that's fading in the background when really it needs to be prominent every day. It doesn't matter, good or bad. You are loved. Do you understand that? How many of you, don't raise your hands, but how many of you when I said you are loved said, yeah, but if you only knew in your head? How many of you when I said you are loved and you can't do anything to be less loved thought of something that you've done in the past and you thought, well, if he only knew that... He might not say that. I don't have to know what you did. It doesn't matter. It is not relevant to the love of God. You are loved. You are loved. So many times we think of God, it's almost like we have this idea of God and he's got this shovel and he's he's filling in these potholes of your life. Patting it down. There's a little bit of love. There. there you go. That will level out some of the problems that you're having. I'm going to give you a little bit of love. That's not the kind of love I'm talking about. That's not the kind of love that, that God has. We think of God as this little bit of love, little bit of love. I'm just pouring a little bit of dirt in the holes of your life and we're going to flatten out. No, this is like those dump trucks. And it's like God is coming to you and beep, beep, beep. It's like God's coming to you with this love and he wants to dump all this love on your life. And it's overwhelming. It's unfailing. It's more than you can ever think or imagine. And just when you think, I'm about to be swallowed up by this amount of love, you look around you and you see, oh my goodness, there's another dump truck of love behind it. Oh my word, this is unfailing. This is overwhelming. And just when you look past that one, you see, oh my word, it's a whole line of dump trucks of God's love wanting to come just for me. You are loved. Don't ever think you're not loved that much because you are. You are loved. How wide, how deep, how high. Every time you think, I've reached the end of God's love, there's another truck behind with more of God's love. It is unfailing, it is relentless, and it will overwhelm you. You are loved. Do you believe it? Do you, you can say, I believe it, but do you believe it? See, that overwhelming love is what Peter, James, and John experienced. It was the kind of love that was standing right in front of them It was the kind of love that helped them recognize where they were and their sinful nature. And it's the kind of love that poured out forgiveness upon them so that they could stand up with Jesus and follow him with everything. 
it makes me think of the hymn, Love So Amazing, So Divine, demands. It doesn't just want. This kind of love demands my soul, my life, my all. This kind of love is not something that we just haphazardly give a little bit of ourselves back. This kind of love is so amazing that it demands our soul, our life, and our all. Have you surrendered your soul? I know that may be a simple question for some of us, but let me ask it again. Have you surrendered your soul? Have you said, Jesus, forgive me. I surrender who I am and all I ever hope to be, and I want to be yours. I want to swim in this love of yours. I want to be completely yours. I surrender my soul, and that means I surrender my life. It means I surrender where I go and what I say and what I do and who I spend money on and who I try to reach and how I kind of love. It transforms everything because we don't stay the same, and I'm going to learn how to be more like you as I'm growing together and as we're gathering and as we're scattering, and I'm going to learn how to give extravagant love because because you're the role model and you've already beep, beep, you're loving me and you're pouring your love upon me. And that's the least that I can do if I'm giving you my life, right? And then when I'm giving you my life and I've given you my soul, it becomes I've given you my all. And there's, it's all yours. You've got my time. You've got my energy. You've got my love. You've got my family. You've got my friends. You've got my job. You've got everything. You've got my all. Don't let how loved you are be like the background noise of that beep that's been going on for the last 10 minutes. You are loved. Peter and James and John saw this extravagant love. They saw this Jesus that gave everything. This this extravagant generosity led to giving his life away. These are two very important core values. If we are going to be like Jesus, we practice extravagant generosity and we give our lives away. We do it because we want to be like Jesus. Not because we have to. Not because we're worried we won't go to heaven if we don't. Those are irrelevant when you are being buried in overwhelming love. When you are buried in overwhelming love, the only thing you can do is be covered with overwhelming love and push some of it on others because... (laughs) I'm being, I'm being, I'm drowning in this overwhelming love. You need a little bit of it. I've got to push some of it away. And so I become the hands and feet of Jesus because I'm sharing not my love, not in my own power. I'm sharing this extravagant generosity of Jesus. I'm sharing this life that has been given away because Jesus died for all of us because God loves you. Beep, beep, beep. So here's my prayer. My prayer is that during this next year, we will start to really live out 
our core values. Starts by us gathering and scattering. Starts by us being the body of Christ. And as that's happening on Sunday mornings and on Tuesday at someone's house and over coffee on Thursday evening and Bible study on Wednesday night and just hanging out and social time on Sunday evenings, as we are gathering and scattering, we're being changed. If you understand that you are completely loved, you can't help but splash a little bit of Jesus on everyone around you. If you are truly being changed, it will affect others. That's why we're better together, because I'm splashing Jesus on you. You're splashing Jesus on me. We splashing Jesus on we. And as we invite people that haven't yet accepted this Jesus into these gatherings, whether it's at our house or at our church or at the coffee shop or whatever it is, as we invite people, if you're splashing around and I'm splashing around and they're standing near us, they can't help but get a little bit of Jesus all over them. And maybe that will create an opportunity for us to say, oh, you have no idea. Beep, beep. If you understood how much love Jesus is bringing your way, it would almost scare you. So we gather and we scatter and and we live lives of extravagant generosity and we always think money and money is part of it, but it's what Justin was talking about. It really is all of us. It demands my soul, my life, my all. I give extravagantly because Jesus held nothing back. How can I give any less? That extravagant generosity leads to giving our lives away. So here's my prayer. As we learn how to live out those five core values in the back. I'm praying that you hear a lot of dump trucks over the next couple of weeks and months. That you hear a couple of buses backing up. That you just, all around you, start to hear beep, beep. That when you walk into your house, before you turn off your alarm and you hear beep, beep. I'm hoping that every time you hear a beep, it's almost annoying how quickly you think of God's love. And you're like, oh, there's God's love. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. I'm hoping that it will change you because once you start to see it all around you and once you stop tuning it out and once you start to realize that God's love is for you, God's love is with you, God's love is in you, God's love is for you, God's love is for others, that beeping sound is a little less annoying Because it becomes a beautiful reminder that you are loved, broken and all. Jesus, in the quiet of this moment, as we hear the beeping in the background, Thank you for your unfailing love. I'll never make it to the bottom of the ocean. Probably never make it out into space. If I were to travel west, I would never reach the end of west, and I'd never reach the end of east if I went the other way. Thank you for giving 
people like me who need visual examples, just a glimpse of how much you love us. Thank you for loving us so completely. Like those dump trucks that just kept going and you just, God, I just remember thinking, they got to run out of dirt eventually. I mean, there's only so much in a hill. And yet the trucks kept going. Always more, always more, always more, always going to create something new. I pray that you'll help us to never forget that your love is always more. We never have to fear our brokenness. We don't need to sugarcoat it or deny it or hide it because you work really well with broken pieces. And you can put them back together. And some of the most beautiful parts are those cracks where two broken sides somehow come back together. May we hear how loved we are. As we come to the table, may we hear how loved we are. So that we can remember and then proclaim. We pray this in your name, Jesus, the giver of love. Amen. 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 You know, they... um, They did a study that, that shared, you know, you know, if you give somebody a hug, then, then they kind of feel a little loved. But then if you give them like a hug and you hold them for like a little longer, I, I think there was a time to it. Like, was it 20 seconds or so? But that if, you, if you give somebody like a 20 second hug, then it really kind of sinks in and they notice it. And I feel like the message this morning of God loves you at the very beginning, I was like, oh, another message about how much God loves me. And then as he kept on going and you kept on going and you kept, it was just like, oh, dude, I see it and I feel it, you know. And um, it's just, it's just so awesome to know that, you know, I, I told, I told Dusty and Kim, they, were, they normally would switch to the slides that, about communion that we're going to, that we're about to take place, but it would have stopped the beeping. And I said, I said, don't switch to the communion slide because I want us to keep hearing that beeping. And I was reminded in the message, you know, when Garen would get loud and, and then you wouldn't hear the beeping anymore. Sometimes the world gets loud and you can't hear the beeping anymore in your life. And so if you could find yourself to be able to say shh to the world sometimes, a little more often than not, shh, I can't hear that beeping. And, 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 li- and allow God. I can, I can see the dump trucks just coming, just coming. Because what in the world? I appreciate you, Dusty, keeping, keeping it going. I, I heard it going up and down throughout the sermon. I'm like, Dusty working back there. But guys, we, we get to a time uh, where we, we, we call this, where we, 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 have, we come to the table. And, uh, and we get to remember of God's love. And honestly, I want to do it a little bit different this week. I know a lot of times we go on and we talk about how he was there at the table with the disciples and he... Broke the bread and said, remember me, you know, and then pulled out, you know. What I want you to do is, you take communion on your time. You could take part in the bread, which represents God's body broken for us. And uh, the grape juice, which represents his blood that was shed for us.
But I want to give a moment of silence so we could hear that beeping. And as you take communion, I want you to be reminded that even now, in this moment, those dump trucks are coming in your life right now. So if you would take some time to to think on God. Dusty, go ahead and turn that up just a little bit more. Dumb trucks just keep coming. No matter where you've been, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going to do, they're going to keep coming. And so you better brace yourself and get ready for God's love to overwhelm you. Father, Thank you. You know exactly what we need. (laughs) You've designed us this way, Lord, to want love. We go through our lives wanting it, needing it. We The market around us is designed to say, hey, if you have this and that and this and that, more people will like you. I mean... What feeds our soul is knowing that we have more of an influence and and more people that love us and and like us. And Lord, you've designed us to take in this love. And Lord, I pray that we would take it in from you. Lord, I pray that the holes that are not filled, the holes that we have in our hearts, Lord, we would allow you to fill. And Father, that the love that we so earnestly seek, Lord, that we would know that we already have it at our disposal. Lord, may you remind us that we have more than enough love that we could even give some away. That, Lord, that we could always take a shovel on our end and say, hey, let me give you some of this because I got so much. That we would share this love, that we would share your love, that we would realize that we have it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? We're going to keep the beeping going all the way through the benediction.
So you won't have the words because we've got to keep the beep going. Hopefully you know them. If not, just receive it. Will you sing with me? We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go this week remembering that you are loved. We'll see you hopefully Wednesday.